This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Wasim Hajiri, man, it's really good to have you here. Uh, Jason and I are absolutely thrilled to be able to dive into a conversation with you. Uh, thank thank you so much. I mean, thank you so much for having me, Jason and Philip. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and thank you. You know, this is a huge honor. I'm very, very excited to talk to you guys about the topics and go through it together, learn some new things, and hopefully add some value to our listeners and they can go home inspired and take some action in certain things. Yes. And and I'd like to set the stage by letting people know, you know, you've your Forbes published career coach helping people land jobs in six weeks. Uh, you're two-time number one best-selling author, a three-time gold medalist. You've been seen on Fox, CBS, ABC. I mean, <laughs> we could just keep going, Thank right? You. And so I want to set that stage because now I want to ask you something that I think is always relevant when starting a conversation with someone who's accomplished a lot. Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Um, so my, my family history is very unique. So I am originally from Jordan, uh, Amman, Jordan, known for having one of the seven wonders of the world, which is Petra. Are you guys familiar with Petra? Petra. Mm-hmm. Petra. So they no, filmed man, Transformers, Transformers and Indiana Jones, you know, the caves and the monuments. That's yeah. Petra. Um, uh, it's very famous for that. And then there's the Jordan River, uh, the baptism site where Jesus was baptized. So Jordan is known for uh, having a lot of history, thousands and thousands of years of history. Even we have Roman Colosseums, we have uh, Baptist churches, all of these like uh, that, that type of history. Um, so anyways, the unique story is my father had me at the age of 62. 62 years old. Um, I am one of nine children. I have eight siblings. And I grew up with my nieces and nephews. My nieces and nephews are closer to my age. I'm 32 right now. So (laughs) even even in Jordan, it's not common. (laughs) So um, my father was born in 1929, came from very, very humble beginnings. That was a little bit after World War I. And he lived through World War II, the recession, different, different types of crazy world events. And he started working at the age of eight years old. He's, he was also the oldest. He has a big family, 10 siblings. And he built his life pretty much from scratch. Um, I got a lot of inspiration for my father because he was able to start there. He learned English from an early age, slowly built his way into finding his, uh, building his own company and then building our family, which is a big army, you know, nine kids. Um, And he gave us a a good life that was, you know, so for me, I was always inspired by him. Um, My siblings, most of them are engineers and I started with engineering, but I always loved business and was inspired by him and to start my own thing, which, which takes time, as you know. Yeah. Okay. 
There's a lot to unpack there for sure. Uh, before <laughs> I go any further, I want to I want to give the floor to Jason. Is there something that uh, caught your eye or interested in that whole story? <laughs> yeah, I love. I absolutely love the stories of the the success stories from almost like the the rags to riches, right? So it's the. But you know what? The thing about it is, is it's not Hollywood, right? You see the, you see the flashy lights and all the, the good stuff, but what you don't see is all the crap behind the curtain, right? (laughs) A lot of stuff behind the curtain, right? It's huge. It's huge. And when you, you see these stories like, like this, when, when, you know, somebody came up like your father, right? There was tons of struggle, right? Through that whole process of him and, and coming up within the ages and, and all the things that he saw were just amazing, right? Yeah. Things we can't even imagine, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and living through that time period, through the depression and all these different things, right? World Is, wars. It's insane. Yeah, world you wars, know? <laughs> right? and, and even world wars. Yeah. And that's amazing that you can watch that uh, that adversity shift and pivot and families created and legacies built and and inspirations happen and all these things. Those are the real stories. Yeah. You have the real American dream story. Right there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And then, you know, something powerful that you said is... Um, the American dream, right? So the perception of the outside world, Europe, the Middle East, all around the world. We grew up watching TV, looking at, you know, the land of opportunity, everything. Whereas it's true, you know, uh, the US is number one for opportunities. It's It's a great life. The nicest people in my, you know, I've traveled to 15 different countries. Nicest people in the world are Americans. I love uh, the people here. Very friendly. Everyone is welcoming with open arms. I have literally everything positive to say. But that's the thing. So uh, around nine years ago is when I moved here. I thought that, you know, everything was going to be handed, you know, like, oh, it's I'm in I'm in the U.S. That's it. You know, I'm going to get, you know, like my dream job. I'm going to get my dream company, whatever it is, and ride in the sunshine. And then you learn like, nope, you know, it's a very competitive market pretty much in all markets. So I I started with IT and tech and my background in engineering. And you have to fight your way through it. You have to, you know, hustle. You have to be persistent. You have to deal with ups and downs and you name it. And as you gentlemen know, you would not have been standing here today if you didn't have the grit, the heart, the passion to be, you know, to push forward through all of the struggles and the obstacles. Yeah, man. I mean, you want to talk about grit. Tell me about, because I think there's a lot of lessons, not just anybody can become a gold medalist, right? So there's a level of discipline. And on this, on this show, we've talked a lot about the parallels between military and athleticism and how that goes into business. And so do you, did you find that some of the things that you developed as an athlete helped you in building business? Absolutely. So uh, you know, as you know, any kind of sports, you have to stick. There's three main things, right? It's always diet, training, and mindset. And pretty much mindset, which is the biggest thing, uh, or you build that discipline, you have to. If you don't eat right, you know, your weight won't 
reach a certain, there's no way, there's no way around it, you know? Okay, the food might taste not good, you know, but you have to do it. If you don't train, you won't get better. So you have to do it. And in business, there's a lot of things that we do not like to do, but you have to do it. So, you know, like Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson he says, um, discipline is doing the things that you hate to do, but do it like you love it. And I feel that that discipline is the biggest thing that I carried from the sports world into the business world. Man, yeah, <laughs> it's hitting the soul here. And so let's let, let's go into it. So you came to America, you started trying to find jobs. You're like, I got to lean on my background. So you can't start your business right away. What happens where you're finally employed and you say to yourself, I've got to start my own company. How soon? How long did it take? How did you get there? Um, great question. And it took time. It definitely took time. So I started when I moved out here, it was 2013. Um, and my first goal, I was a fresh engineering graduate. I did electrical engineering was to first land the job. And my first job, I started at Qualcomm, which is uh, for people who are not familiar. It's one of the biggest semiconductor companies in the world. Uh, every iPhone. Every iPhone in the world has a Qualcomm chip, uh, the Snapdragon and Android. So big company, lots of, you know, lots of opportunities. And I started there. Um, as I was, you know, doing engineering, I, I felt like, okay, I, I like this, but there's something missing. You know, again, like I was always inspired by my father and I wanted to start my own thing. So, um, to, Fast forward to 20, end of 2015, I joined uh, the MBA program at UCSD because I come from a technical background. So my business knowledge was, you know, very minimal and I didn't want to go in blind. So I started the MBA program and I can tell you that UCSD here in San Diego was one of the best experiences I've ever had because they have all types of supports for students that want to be entrepreneurs, programs, funding mentorship and i was an obsessive student marketing took all the classes to learn about marketing uh, sales how to you know uh, un understand how to build the business from a to z and then surrounding myself with the mentors right they they really opened up the doors to you know for us to go into competitions pitch our ideas with other students um, i joined an incubator and in that incubator that's when i started to write my first book and I came up with the idea for the dream job program uh, because I was like, okay, I struggled a lot to find a job, but I also learned a lot because I landed one. Let me create a product or a service that will help people land jobs, specifically at that time, engineers. And that's where it all started. And it took, took a long time to build, as you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It's funny because some people don't believe that education is necessary to be an entrepreneur but in some cases in particular like with your story it really stands out as a as a launching pad for getting you where you needed to be in the right room less so the education so much as the right rooms right is that is that accurate did i understand that right honestly it's all about the connections you know it's it's all about the connections more than anything so you can you know go on youtube right now and learn everything about business from a to z but you can't get the connections from youtube you know you can okay you can go to meetups but you know what i mean to find the <laughs> right types of connections 
Um, and then if you want to build any type of business, any type of company, you need a team, you need, you know, like I truly believe also mentors, mentorship. Uh, nowadays, obviously, it was much different than around 10 years ago. And especially where I came from, like Jordan, it's it's um, not much opportunity, you know, over there. So when I moved out here, I was like, wow, you can write a book. People will help you do that. You can do sports. You can, you know, you can do anything pretty much. And the resources are there. It's one Google search away. You know, you go on Google. I want to write a book. Boom, you get 15, 20 articles. You get free coaching programs. You get YouTube videos. So it's a matter of just, you know, going for it and being resourceful. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, like, did you guys like, to say to that? <laughs> well, it's like I always, you know, take the leap, build the wings on the way down. Right. So, Jason, like, how did you start? <laughs> or I would ask you, like, what was your journey? Well, my journeys, uh, I mean, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and okay. uh, my dad was a farmer. My mom ran uh, different businesses in town. I grew up of a town in a town of like 500 people, real small. Wow. And uh, it was, I don't even know if you classify that as a village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, but it was real small. It was a small town, big military background in my family. Um uh, I farmed with my dad, grew up doing that. And then I joined the military when I turned 18, spent 23 years in the military. Um, wow. Wow. And I grew, That's amazing. And I, I grew businesses beside it. Right. So I grew businesses. I was big into buy, buy scale and then flip businesses. So it's kind of like flipping. buying homes, kind of like flipping a house only you're flipping a business. Right. So so I really went through that process over and over and over and over and over again. And I formulated the formula to scale a business, which is what we use in the strategic advisor board now with our clients to scale companies. So, but it wasn't something I learned from a book. I learned it from being on the ground level. Yes. Going through the, you know, embracing the suck. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And, and just going through it. And, you know, it's interesting because you, 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 you hear a lot of people like, well, I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan. Plans are great, but sometimes you just, you got to leap off the edge and leap off the edge and calculate your fall and start building a pair of wings on the way down. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Um, that's, and then Philip, what is your backstory? I'd love to know. Sure, 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 man. Well, I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. In fact, I, I would be the first person if I am to continue on this path to actually do something about that. My, my father was an immigrant and my mother was an American, but she wasn't really around. So it's like a whole, you know, I legitimately had to find my way without parents and I couldn't go to school because I didn't have parents. So when I tried to apply for financial aid, they were like, you got to come back when you're 25. I said, okay. Well, that's not going to happen. I might not sit around and wait. So I just started working. And uh, in working, I eventually decided I was going to leave Los Angeles, which was my hometown, went to New York, saw the buildings and realized there's a lot of people spending money on ads. I wonder what's happening there. Started wow. working at an ad agency, right? 
or follow my nose. And next thing you know, I bet all these skills became a freelancer. And after becoming a freelancer, I stepped into the world of podcasting and from the world of podcasting, went into Entrepreneur Inc. Magazine. And through that, I met Jason. And it's just been a nonstop like digital media communications, what it means to be online as a footprint, uh, having deep conversations with other business owners. Like, you, for example, and, and and your journeys and what we're doing. And I don't know how I found myself here, but it seems like the world wants this for me. So I'm going to keep doing what I can to get there. Does that make wow. sense? <laughs> yeah. And then both of you mentioned something extremely powerful, the struggles and the downs. This is what they don't tell you. You can write the perfect, have the perfect business plan, the business model <laughs> on paper, everything nice and fancy. You go, you start getting punched in the face, getting another punch, getting another punch. And then you're like, okay, I, I can barely see right now. So you, you have to get back up. And keep fighting and fighting and fighting. You know, both of you fought all of your lives. I fought, my father fought, your fathers, your parents. Well, some might were around some, but you also had to go through the struggle to grow, build that grit and heart. And that's why I truly believe most businesses, 90% fail within the first five years. Because they were not used to handling the punches. You need to like handle the punches, duck, move on, duck, move on, duck, move on. I truly believe that. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's fascinating that you came in looking for an engineering job, joined an accelerator, started talking and then said, wait a minute, I can help other people do this and turn it into a consulting practice, you know, and and you even wrote books about it to help outline the curriculum and the thinking process and all that. So for me, it's like, wow. How do you then decide, okay, is it because you were a part of the collegiate circuits that you knew you could source that kind of customer and say to yourself, okay, I'm, I'm in the perfect place. I've got the perfect skills. I've got the perfect connections to make this work. Is that how you approach the business model? Um, initially, I thought that was the case. But then when, <laughs> I, when I launched, it was a, initially, it was a big failure. Big, big failure. Like you see, so just like Jason said, practical, you have to be, you have to do it. There's no other way. So when I went into the market, I'm like, okay, so my first, first, first stage was an online course, how to land your dream job. It was an online course, put it out there, ran ads, boom, 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 failed, nothing, zero sales, a minus 15,000 in my bank account, (laughs) things were like falling apart. I'm like, okay, I need to adjust. And then I moved into one-on-one coaching because that's the only way to learn the market. Yeah, coaching and consulting one-on-one with clients. And I moved from engineers into senior people because I figured senior people can afford these kinds of services um, and they're in a different mindset. So I shifted. I had to shift the business model to completely. Then I slowly but surely, the one-on-one coaching started to work. It grew into group coaching and now... It grew into speaking and then the books and all of that. But like that, the, those little stages and the failures led to, you know, one, one step at a time. I love it. I love that you were like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought was going to happen. Cause that's yeah. as far as most people go. I'm that's like, yeah, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the market is there. I did my research because the building stage for me took two years. I was researching, you know, the career coaching market, the recruitment industry, tech, IT, it's like, wow, a huge opportunity. You know, people need this type of service and all. And then you go in, you're like, okay, I need to, <laughs> I need to adjust. I need to adjust. 
So, so you have get your dream job as a, as a, as a company and you pivoted and you made it work now that it's working at the level that it's at, you're speaking, you're writing books and you're continuing with group coaching and one-on-one coaching. What's next for you? So what's a great question. So right now we are in the growth stage, growth and scaling. So, you know, it's funny, like any type of company or business at the beginning, you're like, oh, I'm struggling just to get a cl- any clients. And then you get clients and you're like, you know what? Too much volume. Let me focus on quality. And then now, okay, I have the quality, but I'm bombarded with clients. So right now we have like 25 clients. What do I do? How do I grow so that I can serve these 25 individual clients and then bring in more and make sure that all of them are served in a, in a correct type of way? So my plan is now, first of all, growing the team. Uh, I have a team of six. I have a team of six people. I'm very fortunate. Um, so growing the team, more uh, hiring more coaches, more sales, more marketing. And then I would like to build partnerships with recruiting agencies because, um, you know, as a recruiting agency, they get thousands of candidates and they're not able to serve all of them. So they can send, their, send them over to us as, as a career coach. We can mold them. We can help them from A to Z and land them jobs because these agencies only have, you know, so much jobs for them. And they need, a lot of people need deeper practice in terms of interview prep and all of that. So the plan now is to grow and scale. We're in the U.S. nationwide. And I would like to evolve to, into other countries, the U.K., Canada, Australia, Mexico, Slowly but surely, like that's more the long-term plan. Yeah, scaling is definitely something Jason knows more about than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you can have that's... a deeper conversation with him probably after, yeah, yeah the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll tell you though, uh, Here, here's my, because I run a staffing agency too. Uh, that's one of my other companies. Yeah. And I'm curious to get your your take on the the job market right now today the great resignation, all this stuff that's going on because your finger's right in the middle of it, right? Exactly. So how do you see that? What's the real, with the curtain open, what is that? What does it really look like? Not the Fox and CNN news version. (laughs) That is actually, I love that you said that. Every person I talk to, I tell them, step one, I want you to not listen to anyone any media source, don't watch the news, just shut all of that off, shut it off, right? And this is where my book came in. If you can, if you guys can see the title. Yeah, oh, yeah, this fulfilled. Is, here we go. Fulfilled, question mark, how to land a job that aligns with your purpose. Mm. Now, why did the great resignation happen? Do you, do you, you, you probably know. Four and a half million people this January, January of 2022, quit their jobs in one month. This has never happened in history before. And now everyone is wondering why, because people are unhappy in the cultures. They are underpaid, extremely underpaid, and they're looking for that fulfillment aspect. So uh, to to piggyback off of your question, so that's number one. So why did the great resignation happen? That's what I truly believe. And then a lot of articles are, you know, uh, talking about that. Like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Um, And the second part of the question is, like, from what I'm seeing right now, from what I'm seeing right now, especially right now, the market, the job market is full of potential. 
companies are stepping up. Amazon just came up with 150,000 new positions. That's just one example. All of the companies are stepping up and creating more and more job opportunities, especially now. You know, people are expecting that recession to happen, but there is a way around that. So more than anything, mentally, so, so to, you know, like the outside world is going to, there's going to be a lot of noise right now in the coming months and maybe in the next year. If you open up the news, you will be depressed. Don't open the news. You know, look for, I would, anyone who's listening right now, look for other ways. How can I navigate during this recession? How can I either keep my job or move to a better job? Because right now companies are, hungry for candidates they need candidates everyone is quitting but how can we get people back so this is people's opportunity to shine right now but with the right strategy and the right mindset does that make sense Mm -hmm. that's my perspective you got it i uh you know it's i see some of the the uh because we we handle the virtual staffing side of things in our agency and you know, there's just an example. This was, I don't know, four or five months ago. And we were going to staff a call center, right? Yeah. And they said, we want just U.S. people. And I was like, well, okay, we'll do our best, right? And uh, we hired six people. None of them showed up on the first day. <laughs> six people? None of them. Not uh, one. And I'm not talking like they were getting cheaply paid they were getting paid good money, really good money, like upwards of 25 to 30 bucks an hour. Um, at to, a call to, center. At wow. a call center. Right? Wow. That's unheard of. And they didn't and show yeah. up. <laughs> None of them showed up, right? Wow. And, and then I said, I told you. And then we went and hired six people from around different countries. They all showed up and they all loved the job. And they got paid the same 25 bucks an hour. Wow. Happier than a pig rolling around in shit. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. You know, like my team, they're all, all over the, like I have Mm -hmm. some people in the U S some people in the Philippines, some people in Guatemala. And like you said, they are full force. You know, mm-hmm. you pay them whatever you pay them. But, you know, if you provide the right culture and take care of them and you obviously pay them well, even, you know, they will give your their hearts and souls because people around the world are also hungry for jobs. You know, the, the exchange rates, the cur- different currencies we have. Why, you know, like why limit it to one country and keep it keep it open? Um, like as an example, yeah. one one uh, one company that. I'm working with now, it's an agency, it's called Wing Assistant. They have a pool of independent contractors and, um, and they're from all around the world, the Philippines, India, all around. And they call you like, hey, Jason, uh, what does your business need right now? As an example, we need, you tell them I need an admin assistant and I need a marketing rep. Mm-hmm. For 500 bucks a month, you can get them working 20 hours a week and they are literally like this agency handles everything from clocking in, clocking out on a WhatsApp group. You give them the deliverables, they get it done. No complaints whatsoever. And which I love, these people are just hungry to work. So mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunities there f- from, from people in, in other countries. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Man. It's, it's, it's so interesting what people in the U.S. are doing. 
as opposed to people around the world. And I don't know if it speaks to the times and some sort of a sort I'm looking for entitlement we may feel. I think it's yes. a luxury to sit there and ask, what is my purpose? You know, like, what do I want to do with my life? That's a super <laughs> big luxury. And I think it shows, I think it's, you know, people are worried about the great resignation. What does it mean for the economy? It's fascinating because that kind of behavior and thinking, and this is just my conjecture, of course, isn't that usually an example of a society that's thriving and lives in luxury, right? To be able to sit there and wonder about that as opposed to having to grind. So I think it's fascinating that you'll hear these stories about how crazy the world is right now. And yet as entrepreneurs know, if you're willing to work, there's no such thing as a recession, <laughs> you know, just finding the opportunity. And so that's what I love about what it is you're doing, your message when you said, look, turn off all the news just focus on what it is you're really trying to do. And if you really commit to it, guarantee you're going to get the dream job you were looking for. And what a time to be alive and what a place to live in to be able to do that. So with that, now knowing your goals, I want to, I want to do some, uh, some of the house clean that we always do on the show. And there's, there's about three things I want to, I want to uh, touch on, right? Number one, where do you prefer for people to get a hold of you for sure? Like if you, people could reach out to you and you could, you had your preference, where would that be from? Um, I would say on the website because there is um, there is a link to set up a call. So the website getyourdreamjob.net uh, outlines exactly what it what we do. I made it very short and sweet. There's a video. I explained the whole process, the team, how we uh, help uh, people find jobs, references, all of that. And there is a call to action there to book a call if they are interested. They can fill out an application and get a call with me or one of the team. But we, you know, so getyourdreamjob.net. It's this is the one of the best ways, or on LinkedIn or all social media. Um, Wasim the Dream, you'll find you find me on all social media. Um, so that's that's another one. But I think the website might be the best the best place. Right on. Okay. And then uh, there's a few things that I think you're single-handedly qualified for. And that is if it's because you work with people who are, even if they are more senior, are looking for an opportunity, it, if they're changing jobs, they're essentially reinventing themselves, right? So yes. any advice you give to them would qualify for young people who are looking to start out because it's reinvention. Uh, so do you have any one, two, three, or maybe if there's only one rule to follow that you can leave behind on this show today? Absolutely. So I can summarize it in a very simple way in three steps. Okay. So first of all, um, the job search is filled with ups and downs, just like anything else. Uh, there's going to be ghosting. There's going to be failed interviews. Do not take it personal. Okay. Um, it's a numbers game. So you do 20 interviews, five or uh, five, uh, 15 will not work out. Uh, three might work out and maybe two might work out, but that's okay. The goal is to keep moving, keep pushing forward and, you know, talk to multiple companies, multiple, multiple people. Uh, and we talked a lot about mindset. I recommend to all of my clients to have a daily routine so that when you wake up in the morning, you set up yourself for success. I always talk about my go-tos, which are meditation exercise and journaling. As soon as you start your day, knock these out and start, you'll be much more on fire because when these negative situations come, you can much better handle them. So that is number one. So the mental aspect. Number two is branding. 
Nowadays, um, because of AI, because of technology, companies use a special software called the ATS, Applicant Tracking System, to hire people. Recruiters don't even resumes uh, read resumes anymore, and Jason definitely knows about this extensively. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of branding yourself so that you can win in the ATS and get the initial interview. So I, I recommend everyone to go to this website called jobscan.co. It's just job, job, J-O-B, scan.co. This is a website that is built to optimize your resume and LinkedIn profile using the ATS. That's the first thing. Second thing, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one best platform for jobs. Um, 90% of recruiters are on LinkedIn and over 80% of companies use LinkedIn specifically to hire people. The statistics are crazy. So if you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn ASAP, ASAP. Um, And on LinkedIn, the beauty is when you apply to any type of job, you can connect to the hiring manager or the recruiter right away, right there. So you're applying to different positions go on LinkedIn and get connected with recruiters and hiring managers on a daily basis. Hey, James, I applied to this job. I want to connect with you for other opportunities. As simple as that. And then finally, interview prep. So, okay, you have a bunch of interviews coming up. How do you prepare? First of all, the mental aspect, I recommend everyone do a meditation before the interview to calm yourself. And then to do your homework before studying up on the company, and then studying up on the actual job, the job description. So matching all of your experience and understanding how you relate specifically to that job. And pretty much if you follow these three things, which is networking, the job scan, uh, sorry, the branding on job scan, networking on LinkedIn, and then interview prep to get ready for the questions. That is the formula that I recommend for all of my clients. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I think there's, Really, only uh, one last question to ask uh, before we start closing yeah. out here, and that is, uh, if you could have invited anybody today, who would you have loved to have had here, and why? Oof, uh, great question. So, uh, there's two. I would say there's two people. So, my father passed away. If, if he was here, I would have him on this show. Um, but the person that I also even always looked up, uh, looked, uh, really, really enjoyed their story is Muhammad Ali. Um, I relate to his story. I have a poster of him at my, at my house and I always wanted to meet him, but unfortunately he also passed. Uh, but I would, this is the man who changed history, who fought for what he believed in. And also some of the most challenging times, you know, in the 60s, 70s, Uh, where the world circumstances were extremely challenging. There was wars, there was drafts, there was you name it. Um, So I would definitely bring him on the show, pick his brain, like tell me your secrets. What is your mindset? What do you believe about winning? How did you do what you do? That is the person that I would love to to have on a podcast. There's something interesting about both the choices you made. There are people who underwent incredible trials and tribulations. Again, pointing back to the level of grit, the mentality one has to have, uh, the preparedness to face the inevitable highs and lows of life and to face them with a smile and some swagger as Muhammad Ali did, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think uh, 
I think there's a lot to be learned from our conversation and I want to make sure I turn the floor over to Jason with his own closing thoughts. Yeah. I always like to say this kind of in closing and that is we have 168 hours in a week, right? And you can replace houses, money, cars, all these things, right? But what you can never do is wind back the clock. So thank you for taking this 30, 40 minutes with us today out of your schedule, your busy schedule, um, because we're all busy. And, you know, these are the things, these are the tools that matter, right? Because today, some young up and coming entrepreneur is going to listen to this podcast and you're going to change their life. They just don't know it yet. Okay. And that's important. And that's our mission here with the war room is to do that is to like dump institutional knowledge. And uh, you did a just phenomenal, phenomenal job of doing that today. And there's a lot of things. I hope that anyone listening to this podcast today caught just the little things along the way, because there was plenty of big ones, but there was a lot of little ones that are subtle, right? And, and oftentimes those are the ones that matter the most. Thank you so, so much for the kind words and also taking the time for both of you, Jason and Philip to talk to me. This is an honor And honestly, again, a dream come true for me to be here right now with you guys. This is the dream come true for me. Um, And just to to be to have the privilege to talk to amazing people as yourselves, to share my story and then and hopefully in means to inspire other people. Um, And I love both of your stories. Thank you for sharing them as well. I'd love to connect more. And I mean, honestly, the last I would leave the last the simple message to everyone listening if you change your mindset you will change your life it always goes back to the mindset here right here you know thoughts become things um just if you are struggling right now or wherever you are even if you're thriving think about how can i get better how can i change this my gold mine my mind my brain which produces 60,000 thoughts a day into improving my life and that's that's the biggest thing that i recommend to anyone yeah i love it man i mean here you are definitely accomplished and still thinking to yourself how can i do even more how can i be even better and honestly i i think it's inspiring because a lot of people will get comfortable but that's part of the mindset right don't get comfortable take it to the next level not for the ambition's sake but for your own growth as an individual that's really a big takeaway here. Like you said earlier, uh, what did Tyson say? Learn to do the things you don't like, like you love it, right? I, exactly, I, <laughs> that discipline, right? And then something go- gold that you said, the growth never stops. My father passed away when he was 88 years old. And one of my last conversations with him, he told me, Wasim, I am 88 today and I'm still learning and growing. It never ends. Wow. And that's a guy who almost lived, almost lived a century, right? Almost a hundred years. Yeah. Um, and that stuck with me. Like I think about that all the time. And then comfort, the comfort zone is a dead zone. It is worse than drugs. You get into mm-hmm. the comfort zone, you will, it's addictive. And that's where the growth stops. And I think all of us at one time, obviously you get comfortable a little bit and then life starts to go crazy, right? You're like, no, 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 no. 
I need to get back on track, like destroy that comfort, go into the uncomfortable with the right team, with the right mindset, and slowly but surely, you know, you will, you will push through it. Man, I can already feel a second episode happening right now. Yes, I would love a second <laughs> episode. I would love it. I would oh, love it. Man. Anytime. You've got so much to offer. Wasim, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for stopping by the world. Thank you so much. Yeah. Much appreciated. God bless you both. Thank you. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Llanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.